Jamie broke up with me on Instagram. So I said, Excuse me! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean. But behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences. From no-holds-barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars, the real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! And welcome to the Excuse Me podcast. Tonight, everyone, I have first a special friend that I have just loved since I've gotten to know him since day one, and a talented professional wrestler. And now I have the joy of introducing you to all of my uh, to, to my guests. Everyone, please welcome Fred Rosser. How are you, Fred? I'm doing great, Vicky. I made sure <laughs> that when you reached out to me. I was not going to be late for this. Uh, I was on very early because when you're early, you're on time. And if you're on time, uh, you're late. And if you're five minutes late with WWE, you can't get fired, you know? So uh, I'm so happy to be on the podcast. I always say on my podcast, Pro and Bro Wrestling, don't die with the story and you tell it. So uh, however I can share my story on your platform or recently Travel's platform, I'm going to do it. That's that's amazing. And, you know, that's funny you say that because in WWE, when there was a, a meeting at 12, I was sitting <laughs> in my chair at 1130 because you did yep, not want to be here. the last one walking through that door. <laughs> and, you know, and people need to hear that because no matter who you are, you know, uh, it's just important like to just be on time, you know? And that's one thing that I learned even before WWE because uh, I don't like being late to anything, but yeah, with WWE, you don't, you definitely don't want to be late. Yeah. <laughs> so let me inform all my followers and fans who may not be familiar with you, but they will be after I let them know that you are formerly known as Darren Young from WWE which is uh, the half of the primetime players, which was such a fun gimmick to watch every night. I mean, you and Titus O'Neil just tore it up every time you guys hit that stage. Um, now you were in WWE from, correct me if I'm wrong, 2005 to 2014. I think you left the same year that I left WWE. Is that correct? Mm. Uh, well, I started with, uh, I started doing extra work and we'll get into that from 2003 to 2009. And then I got signed officially by WWE in 2009. And then from 2009 to 2017 is when I was with the company. Oh, okay. Wow. God, it's been a long time ago. I thought, I thought when I left, you had left, but man, okay. Thank you for correcting me. Um, yes. now you, uh, as you, uh, we can talk about that you were Bob Beckland's protege as well in WWE. And that, what was it like to work with that legend, Bob Beckland? Because he's a, he's spit in fire <laughs> 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know, uh, Vicki, anytime I do interviews and I talk about WWE, I talk about all my great experiences. Now there are some experiences where, you know, I have to speak from the heart and some things weren't fair, but, Dr. Tom Pritchard, one of my mentors, always said when I first started wrestling, some things in life aren't going to be fair, you know, and you're going to have to eat shit and like the taste of it. And me being new 
2002. I'm like, what is he talking about, Dr. Tom? That'll <laughs> never happen to me. That'll never happen to me. Well, it happened to me a few times, but anytime I do interviews, I always talk about my great experiences with WWE because that's all I had. And um, when it comes to Vince McMahon, I'll never say a bad thing about Vince McMahon because he gave me that opportunity with Bob Backlund. Everyone, the fans say, oh, um, WWE threw that on me. Well, teaming with Titus, tag teams don't last forever. So I've got to have a plan B. And once it was all said and done with Titus and I, we kiss and uh, uh, break up, kiss and break up. Um, I had done appearances with uh, Bob Backlund where during my autograph signings, I don't like to sit down. I like to stand up. I like to engage because you're sitting down. I get tight. You know, you're up and down, up and down. I like to stand and engage with the fans. And Bob Backlund over here is doing the same thing. So years before Titus and I split up, I was looking at Bob. I was like, man, he's so energetic. I'm very calm, cool, and collected. Uh, but we're both opposites, and they say opposites attract. So I said, man, I want him to be like, you know, once I'm done teaming with Titus, I want him to be like my manager or my 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 life coach. And yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to write all that out. And I took the idea from Mike Tyson and his former trainer, Cuss. Uh, Mike Tyson had that laser-like focus when he first started boxing and Cuss took him under his wing and showed him uh, how to be a killer pretty much, you know? So I, I, I wrote it all out. And I uh, had a picture of Mike Tyson and his trainer Cuss. And it, at the bottom in big red letters, it said focus. And then I had a friend make a graphic the same way, uh, uh, Bob Acklin and myself. And I proposed it to Vincent Mann. I always say the most intimidating thing about Vincent Mann is his office door. Once you, <laughs> once, it's the truth. Once you get through his office door and you have a game plan, you know, the sky's the limit. And that's something I learned from Titus, you know, because Vicky, we know Titus, he's, la he, um, he's got a heart of gold, but he's so <laughs> loud. He, uh, it, he, he's just so big and blocky. He'll knock you down, you know? He's a bull in a glass door. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So he would always walk into Vince's office. I'd, I'd be like, hold on, big man, let's have a game plan first because I don't want you doing all the talking. Uh, so we so we'd have a game plan, but sometimes he would just go in his office and I would have to follow him because, you know, we're a tag team. And uh, that's one thing I learned from him. Uh, closed mouths don't get fed, you know? And uh, once I got through that office door by myself and I proposed that um, Bob Backlund uh, gimmick, uh, which was real, it was a real life friendship, Vince loved it. And I remember Vince and I for 20 minutes talking about uh yoga we were talking about yoga because <laughs> him and i were you know sitting down eye to eye he was asking me man how do you get such a big barrel chest i said yoga <laughs> he's like really yoga i said yeah yoga kind of like fixes my posture where i'm not so like this but it kind of sets you up and everything and yeah. my chest appears bigger you know so him and i were just going back and forth but he loved the idea and he contacted Bob Backlund personally and we started rocking and rolling. But I always say, you know, Vincent Man had my back, but it's just unfortunate that the, uh, some of the writers uh, didn't have my back, you know? Everyone has their own agenda. There's, um, 
you know, a lot, a lot of writers, we, we know Vicky, we know what we have to deal with. Uh, yeah. for, for me personally, I went to Vince, he loved the idea, but it's just unfortunate those that worked under him didn't have my back. There, there's a big miscommunication in WWE because like you said, standing to wait for Vince's door, there's like 20, 30 people in line waiting for their turn. And what's so sad is that you have, you know, one writer who you thought was your friend, he thought, okay, you go weeks and weeks, you know, okay, next week is this, and it goes good, and then I'll send things change, and then you have a different writer that's assigned to you, and you just start, like, all over again, and Vince never would get half my ideas, because it went from 20 people, and the story he would give was, like, well, I didn't hear it that way, and I'm, like, it, it was just so frustrating. There's too many, too many Indians running around for that one chief, and it just was chaos every TV day. I mean, I always felt like it would happen to me. I never thought because I see you do your work, and like the people are like, like rocking and shaking the building <laughs> over you. I'm like, man, man, how can I be like her? You know, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not knowing. I'm not knowing that you're going. Uh, through headaches as well you know but yeah. you're making it work you know so it's great to hear um hear your background and your journey so I don't I don't feel as bad for myself but I you know <laughs> yeah you know and also you are right though when you do get to your chance to go in the office and talk to Vince you know he was like a dad to me and he loved Eddie and so yeah. there was that special relationship where you know, he'd always bring up the girls, you know, and ask how I'm doing and ask if I was happy and, you know, and then there's business and it's like, you just want to go straight to him all the time because he, it's his show and you want to just work with, can I just work with you Vince? Like, you know, let's get some ideas going because it was so frustrating, you know, from people in the office to the writers, it was just, it was just, that's probably why I left because it was just not fun anymore because nothing was getting done. And when you're in the locker room more than you are in the ring, you travel my thousands of miles to get to a city. You're like, <laughs> what? I don't need to be here anymore. Like, this is yeah. not working out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. Me, like, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm still, I'm, I'm a 36 year old kid. You know, I still love the business. When I got released in 2017, I would still go back whenever they were in the area. I'm not on like a, a, a ban list. I'm not on an Enzo Amore band list. I love Enzo, but I remember yeah. when I was visiting one time, he tried to hijack the show. I don't, know, I don't know what was going on. We just, I always say Enzo and I have different ways of expressing our love and passion for the business. I was just there to see friends and I told everybody, like anyone I saw backstage, hey guys, how you doing? You know, I'm just here to be nosy because I want to see everyone. I still love the business, you know? Yeah. I, I was always a well-liked guy in the locker room I laughed at everyone's jokes some of the girls that fought I just listened to their stories and I don't say anything because I'm scared <laughs> of all of the girls I'm scared of all the girls so one girl's coming to me about this 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 and I'm just like trying to like uh be a peacemaker but I don't get involved but yeah that's that's what I was dealing with Oh my gosh. So let's talk about life after WWE. Um, so I saw on your Instagram that you were uh, doing appearances in New Japan Pro Wrestling and you have a show coming up in Indianapolis for a Black Label Pro. I, I think well, I like that shirt. Well, this is my new favorite show, shirt. Uh, I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. So this is my new favorite shirt. 
Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. Anytime I no. do interviews now, it's always, should, uh, should I wear this, my, fa my new favorite shirt, or should I wear my block the hate tank top, you know, equality nice. to, to show off my guns. So I think um, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I did another podcast for someone else. I wore my new Japan Pro Wrestling shirt. So for, I think you, I think I'll do half and half. I'll do a shirt change and I'll put the tank top on. So I'll feel oh. good about myself. Bring uh, it so on. Yes, yeah, so I'll just <laughs> hold this here for, for your audience. I'll show some skin. Uh, I always say you got to show me the money if you want to see some skin. But uh, for you, it's free. Anything for oh, you. Oh, I was going to roll those dollar bills out <laughs> <of you. laughs> um, So let me, let, me, let me tell you, um, New Japan Pro Wrestling is very special to me because that's where Eddie got another side of training. It's very different from the the Mexican side, you know, going to Mexico and learning their style. And it humbled him quite a bit with New Japan Pro Wrestling because, um, of course, the wrestling is a lot more stiff. It's, um, I mean, I think Eddie just got thrown around. He goes, I'm just getting thrown around here. I mean, he would just call me going, I don't know what I'm doing here because it was such a different lifestyle of the wrestling inside the ring and the respect. He learned another respect for how the wrestlers treat each other. It's just the whole culture is a lot different with so many traditions. How was it for you coming, you know, going from the, the American side of wrestling and stepping into the Japan style? I mean, honestly, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but uh, I did a lot of studying. I always enjoy the New Japan Pro Wrestling style. Um, the reason, uh, if I can go back, the reason why I chose New Japan was because I had been with WWE almost 10 years and I had never done a tour of Japan. Anytime WWE did a tour of Japan, I was either not on tour or <laughs> on a different tour. So it's always been a goal of mine, a bucket list of mine to either compete for New Japan or compete for some type of organization in Japan to be able to experience it because I love the culture and everything. So the New Japan pro wrestling style has always been intimidating and walking into the locker room for the first time was intimidating because not to toot New Japan pro wrestling's horn, but it's definitely one of the hardest locker rooms that I've ever been a part of from the first match to the last match. It's like, you know, heavy hitters, very, very creative minds, nothing's, um, uh, there's no daylight, you know, everything is snug. And I love yeah. the style and I transitioned quite easily. And so that's something that Kevin Kelly, one of the uh, English commentators for New Japan said that I made the transition very easy, that guys can't game plan for me because if you're gonna be flying in the air, I'm gonna swat you down like a fly. If you wanna wrestle, I can wrestle. If you wanna use the ring as a weapon, I'll be the first to do that. So um, I've been quite creative in the new in uh, the New Japan strong style programming and the reaction so far, knock on wood, they've seen me wrestle several times and they will see me more. Uh, it's been all great responses and I'm my own worst critic. Um, so again, after WWE, um, 2017 the release you know 18 doing some independence here and there 2019 uh came, came around uh the end of 2019 i was on a show with lance hoyt and at the time he was uh, he was with new japan and i ran into him september 2019 
and uh, Pomona, California. I said, hey, man, and him and I go way back from Florida Championship Wrestling in 2010. And at the show, September 2019, last year, uh, he was asking me what I was doing. I said, oh, I'm just, you know, keeping it moving. Uh, but I've always had goals of wrestling for New Japan. And I knew he was there. And from uh, years after my release from guys like uh, Carl Anderson, Hulk Hogan, guys that asked me, what am I doing after my release? It's always the same thing. Oh, I'm just keeping it moving, but I do have goals and New Japan Pro Wrestling is a bucket list of mine. So when I ran into Lance Hoyt, he told me to come to a show uh, at the Globe Theater in Los Angeles in November that New Japan was running a show. I said, I'll be there. He gave me a flyer. Uh, the flyer isn't with me, but normally I have the flyer and I show people. I saved it. I got it in September, 2019, and I saved it until November, the show at the Globe Theater in LA. And I went there, the show started at 7.30. I was there at five o'clock. Why am I there at five o'clock? Because I wanted to meet the other wrestlers. I wanted to feel the ring. September 11th, 2002 is 18 years for me that I've been wrestling. So I wanted to be able to wow. feel the ring because the ring is different from the from WWE, it's a, it's a little bit harder, which I'm fine with. I wanted to get there early, feel the ring. I wanted to be able to sit there and watch the show from beginning to end in a little VIP section that they had set up. And um, I watched the show from beginning to end. And I kept saying to myself, same question. I'm here to see, do I fit in? Do I fit in? Do I fit in? Thousands of times it was going in my head from beginning to end. And after it was all said and done, Vicky, I said, man, I can hang with these guys, man. I can, I can go with these guys, you know? So I stayed after I talked to Rocky Romero, uh, who's an OG in the business. And I said to him, I, uh, you know, it's always been a bucket list of mine. Um, what do I have to do? Do I have to try out? Because I tried out with WWE in 2009 and out of 75 guys and girls from all over the world, I beat them all out and I earned my contract. If I've got to do another tryout with New Japan, I'm going to do it. And I told him and uh, he said, all right, well, we'll see after the holidays. 2020 came around and I got to say, honestly, 2020, I've been quite blessed because the beginning of 2020, I had signed on to do my first ever off-Broadway musical in New York. Uh, and yeah, yeah. So um, Chris Jericho is actually the reason why I signed on to do the musical because his stint with Dancing with the Stars, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. I'm getting offered this. Well, if he can do stuff like Dancing with the Stars, which is totally not wrestling, then why can't I sing dance? So it was a reality TV project uh, where reality TV and theater uh, go go together. And um, I was a part of a musical. And if I would, if if I were asked to do it again. I would, would do it again in a heartbeat because it was the best experience that uh, I had ever been a part of. I was being taught how to sing, dance, act, all that stuff was being captured, a lot of drama. And we had our final show February, 2020 after Valentine's Day, then the pandemic hit and then everything went crazy. And then in May or June, that's when Rocky Romero from New Japan reached out to me told me about an opportunity to come on to come on board and I said man Rocky give me a second give me a day or two I need to check with my family because I'm with my family a lot you know I don't want to affect 
And if my uncle, who's a, who's a urologist here in LA, if he would have told me, no, I probably wouldn't have, I wouldn't be wearing this shirt. I wouldn't be with New Japan. Uh, but my family blessed me. They said it sounded like a great opportunity. Uh, they're going to be doing the social distancing, the COVID testing, all that stuff. So my family blessed me. Uh, Rocky texted me the next day. I said, Rocky, give me a second, please. Uh, give me tell, give me tell that night. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, I just got to double check with my family. I finally double checked, uh, double check with my family. They blessed me. I let Rocky know, and you know, the rest was history. So you traveled to Japan during the pandemic? No, I actually didn't. That's a second goal of mine. We've been doing American shows here in LA at an oh, undisclosed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing American shows in an undisclosed location here in LA. So we've been doing shows whenever they ask me to come and. Uh, I'm just hoping 2021, that's what I've been told. Hopefully 2021, I can maybe get out there and finally wrestle in front of a New Japan audience. So this is just a foot in the door for me. Everyone in New Japan, from the wrestlers to the fans have been, you know, root for me. And like I said, I just want 2020, you know, wipe my ass with 2020 and hopefully 2021. <laughs> things will change because they're doing shows in Japan. Everyone has masks on, everyone's uh, social distancing. So whatever it, whatever it takes, if I got to stick that thing in my mouth every day for the rest of my life, I don't care. I want to be able to continue to do what I love to do. That's amazing. And what, what a blessing that is because, you know, uh, to get your foot in the door, well, just like with me and AEW, I never thought, I was going to get signed with AEW and, and you just, you kind of think, you know, in March I had like 42 shows on my calendar and within like two weeks, everything just canceled. And I'm like, wait, this is really serious. Like how would it affected our industry? We didn't, we've never been through this before. And in the 30 years I've been around the wrestling with Eddie. And so to, you really have to put your, your, your test to God and say, okay, God, if I'm meant to work, then this is, things will happen and, you know, you have to do the whole, you know, stay at home and, and quarantine, but you start seeing that things are, are opening up and what a blessing for you since you're in California, it was a drive for you. It wasn't like going through an airport and going, you know, take a plane ride. You're there. And that's just God's grace saying, this is going to be your next opportunity for you to be part of new Japan. I mean, and what's so great is that I'm excited for you because when I went to Japan with Eddie, the audiences are so quiet that it's it's very different from here because you know fans are yelling and screaming and they show you their reactions through their moods. But you know, I I want you to come back and let me know when you actually go to Japan and wrestle. I want you to see how the audiences because it's that's something that Eddie could never get used to. Was he'd do something great and stand there and he'd be like. <laughs> And they'd be like, ooh, and he's like, ooh, he's like, yell for me, but he couldn't get them to get up and they would never pop. And he was just like, it was, but it's a respect in how they react to their wrestling shows. Well, you know, you have your podcast. I have my own podcast. Uh, I'm on episode 62 now. I've been able to talk on the podcast about watching shows with, at one time, no fans and stuff like that. And I never want to be an old timer that just sits back that doesn't wrestle and just says, ah, you know, 
you need fans. You need, yeah, of course yeah. you need fans. Absolutely. They help cushion the blows that we take in the ring. But uh, eventually teaming up with New Japan and doing shows in front of no fans, something happens when I hit that curtain. Like my attention is on my opponent and my attention is on working the cameras at home. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to be whooping up on someone in the ring, I'm going to be very aggressive. I'm going to be talking about, this is my house. Who the <laughs> hell do you think you are? This is my house. It's going to be a long night for you. You know, so people can, people can, uh, Finley's son said it the best to me, which was a huge compliment. Nothing, uh, you know, the respect of the fans is great, but the respect to your peers is number one to me. I remember F Finley's son, Dave Finley, saying uh, when I came to the back, yeah, man, you know, your stuff is really solid. You know, it really translates well on TV. And that's a key word for me, translates well on TV, because that's my goal. No one else knows. No one else knows. But when someone like Dave Finley, uh, who would always uh, be backstage with his dad in WWE, uh, <laughs> and I don't think he was wrestling at the time. Now he's wrestling with New Japan and stuff like that. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, yeah. I need to have a match with him. That would be because I'll probably never wrestle Fit Finley. Fit Finley was my favorite producer, number one. So I would go sweet. to Fit. So sweet. Uh, I would go to him for everything. Uh, when he was a producer uh, on the house shows, I'd be like, yes. Because yeah. like, I'm, I'd be like, you know, Fit, what do you want? What do you need? You know, oh, oh just go and fight, you know? Or if I needed help with a, a stop spot, a heat spot, man, he's just so creative. Just headbutt him, wham! I'm like, easy, easy. <laughs> so, for so my goal is to wrestle his son. That's amazing. You know, and I think that shows our love and respect for the business. I think that for a, for a wrestler that goes out and wants to get gratified by the audience, it can it can be pretty boring and and unsatisfactory if you don't have the audience. And I think that shows the, the true love that we have for the industry because we know that our audience is in that television lens and we have to yeah. relate to them to get our story from the ring into that home that's watching us. And you can kind of tell, you know, when people are really enjoying it because they're like, oh man, you know, I don't have the audience to, to yell. And I'm like, then work, work for it from them at home. Yeah. Imagine that you're listening to them at home because, you know, you, you can't, you can't, just depend on an 80,000, you know, audience. And from AEW, we went no one in the audience, but you can just picture that family sitting there and, you know, bitching me out, like what a bitch she is. And I'm just like, I, I want to hear those voices and you have to hear them. You have to yes. love your craft so much that it doesn't matter if there's 10 or 500 in the audience, you're going to give them that 100% every night. And that's, true love of what you want to do in that ring that's exactly what i'm doing when i'm whooping up on someone i'm doing commentary in my head and i'm thinking what are the commentators saying like yeah. oh the commentators are saying oh man you know this fred rosser loves to use the ring as a weapon you know i you know i'm, I'm just doing that commentary and that's what helps me out that's yeah. what definitely helps me out and i don't know why i do it i just know that it, it it's supposed to be that way yeah um so something else I want to bring up is that you were the first wrestler or one of the first wrestlers in WWE to come out as being gay. And, you know, I commend keep, you. Oh, go ahead. Do, do you, keep, no, keep, keep oh. talking. I'm listening. Okay. 
I want to let you know that I had no idea of your background. I, I loved you as my fellow, you know, teammate in the ring, but the bravery and the courage that you showed Fred to stand up for your truth and to not be afraid and to be whether, however the out, outtake was gonna be from the audience and the fans and the public and just our whole, you know, fan base, you stood for your truth and, you know, my sister, Serona, I mean, we, we hung out in, in the road and, you know, we, I mean, we would drive hours and hours and she, we loved you to pieces. I know you guys were really close, but when all this was happening, we were like, damn brother, like you say your truth and we're right behind you because I just, I learned so much from you, how to stay poised, how to um, have your, your heart and to stand tall. And no matter what was coming at you, you were such a gentleman with respect to yourself first. And I taught, I learned so much from what you taught me every day of how you just combated all this negativity and you never lost your smile. And so I want to let you know that when I go through negativity or something's going on, I remember to keep my head up because I learned so much from your attitude and your poise of what you did backstage. You know, Vicky, I always say uh, like none of us are strong as all of us. Um, you know, yes, I was the first wrestler to come out publicly while I was still signed with WWE. However, I'm not the first and I'm not the last, mm -hmm. uh, but by being the first, uh, openly gay WWE superstar. I've um, opened a door for other LGBTQ athletes to be themselves and to accept themselves and don't allow the opinions of others to derail them on their journey to greatness. So I always say my fight is much more bigger than in the ring in all actuality. It's outside of the ring fighting bigotry and hatred and just trying to be the voice of the voiceless. But you talk about my girl Tamina Snuka she, when I came out, let me tell you this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love her. I came, yes, of course I do. Uh, if I wasn't gay, her and I would, would probably have been married now. Let me just say that <laughs> when we, like, when, like be, before I came out, like, uh, yeah, before I came out, her and I lived in Miami. So I, I think I had just moved to Miami. So there were times when she would be like, uh, uh, I think she called me Sass then, uh, but she'd be like, Sass, you know, uh, it, um, if you want to uh, meet up, let's, uh, let's meet up in Miami. And I would always like say, oh, oh, I have something to do. Like, I was so scared because I wasn't out. Like, I don't like, you know, I, she could have been feeling me. I could have been feeling her. I would have <laughs> definitely like, I don't know. I would have definitely like date, dated her if I wasn't gay, you know, but I just remember a couple of times me bailing. I felt like I was bailing. And then when I came out, she said that, uh, uh, she felt like she knew, like she said she knew. And I just started cracking up. But <laughs> when I came out, finally came out and I was able to be myself um, uh, from the Usos to Tamina, uh, you know, those guys at the time really, uh, you know, made the locker room a lot easier for me to walk, walk into traveling together like there were times when we had just got up on the road uh to mean and the usos we would all share a room together we would just have so 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 much fun um so 
like, like, you know, I say that, you know, my fight is much, uh, much more bigger than in the ring because like, you know, it's important for either me to be on uh, TV or on social media and someone watching who identifies with me can say, well, if he can do it, so can I. So, um, my whole block the hate movement is so near and dear to my heart. Um, the whole model behind it is in this world, we all receive hate for various reasons, but in order to be strong and successful, you got to block the hate. You know, I had a speech impediment growing up, you know, uh, someone might've made fun of you, Vicky, because you have glasses on, but in order to be strong and successful, you, you know what, tune them out, block the hate. And at the end of the day, I want this to be the next middle finger. You tell me I can't achieve my dreams, but you know what? F you. I like that a lot. And I noticed that on your podcast pictures, you and your co-host have that, you know, with your arms, that symbol. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right here is the equality sign. Equality sign for all, not just for the LGBTQ community, but anyone that gets bullied into silence. So um, I won't stop fighting until I'm six feet under, but when I came out, like I said, the Usos, Tamina Snuka, but it was also Randy Orton, Big Show, I, uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, I, I can always tell this story because I, I told Mark Henry, I drove you around for five years, you know? I can talk about you all I want. And he said, he said when he writes a book, uh, he's gonna, he, uh, he said at the time he's gonna uh, uh, put a chapter about me in it. And, the heading would be hashtag insert foot and mouth because <laughs> when I came up on the roster, hashtag insert foot and mouth because when I came up on the roster, I had this gold sequence around my head. Uh, my hair was spiky and we know how long, long-winded Mark Henry is. Yeah. He's, sitting at, he's sitting in the locker room and this was before I came out. New to the roster, 2010. He's like, boy, wh why you got your hair like that? It makes you look gay. It makes you look gay. And I'm like, I'm stuttering. I'm like, Mark, I, you know, I, I'm just trying to look different. I'm just, I'm just trying to stand out. And then fast forward to when I came out publicly to the world, he was one of the first guys SummerSlam weekend at the hotel in LA. He said, hey man, come down to the green room. He's the first guy I saw since I made my announcement. He's like, man, how come you didn't tell me, man? Uh, I got I got cousins that are gay. I'm like, Mark, man, because of you, man, you scared me. You scared me. I didn't want to come out be, be, because of you. And from then on, like I said, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, he approached me backstage. He's like, hey, man, give me a hug. So I'm like, kind of, uh, you know, why? This has never happened. He, I gave Randy a hug. He's like, hey, man, if you have any problems with anyone in the locker room, you let me know and I'll take care of it, man. That's real bold of you. And that's Randy Orton. You can say whatever you want about him, you know. You know, you catch him on a wrong day, he's going to give you a, a piece of his mind, you know. But yeah. he is the sweetest guy, man, the sweetest guy. And, you know, I know how fans get when I retweet their stuff on social media. I get giddy if you retweet my stuff. I get giddy if Randy Orton retweets my stuff. He's always <laughs> he's always retweeting my stuff. Uh, so for for him to show love for me, Big Show, Sheamus, Mark Henry, uh, so, so so many superstars made it a lot easier for me to walk into the locker room. And <laughs> and and like uh, I'm and the reason why I came out, 
I, I don't want to miss this. I'm sorry, I get all over the place. No, no, uh, please. The reason there are many reasons why I decided to come out, but one of the reasons was when, when I lived in Miami for almost five years, I had found love. And my ex at the time, his name was Nikki. I met him in Miami and, you know, I was at the top of my career in WWE doing the Nexus, you know, and I have found true love. So I sacrificed my career to inspire others to be and accept themselves at the end of the day. Uh, I was tired of being affectionate behind closed doors. And then yeah. when we come out in public, we're just like bros, like just like here, you know, I wanted to be able to bring him backstage into WWE into the masculine world of wrestling and hold his hands. Right. I wanted to I wanted to be able to bring him to the red carpet at WrestleMania and hold hands and be proud. And I was able to do that. Thank goodness, you know. Yeah. I didn't have to I didn't have to cut interviews like this to deepen my voice because I would always do wrestling promos like this to sound more masculine. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. I can just be myself, you know? I can be sassy as I want to be. I can be feminine as I want to be. I can be as tough as I want to be. I can just be me. And he was one of the reasons why I came out. And it was the best decision I ever made. You know, and that's that's so incredible of your story. And, you know, I think I, I, I do have some personal friends who are gay. Yeah. But I didn't realize that the negativity so much until I got to AEW because I have uh, there's Sunny Kiss in the locker room and there's Diamante and then I met Kira Hogan and then I'm working with Nyla Rose yes. and let me tell you we cannot do one fucking post without people just bashing her and I I, I personally was feeling like this this hate to these people because it was like here she is living her truth of what she wants to be and how she wants to live and I just started I, I had to block people because they were so cruel Fred and I was like this is my we're not only just client and manager this is my true friend that I've gone to know behind the scenes but you know what Fred she keeps her damn head up she has the funniest jokes. She goes nonstop all day with like this great attitude of just being happy. And do we have shit going on at home? We sure do. But when it comes to work or being in the locker room, she's the first one to brighten up someone else's day. When I see her social media and people are just being so cruel to her, I'm like, we have so much to learn from this community of the LGBTQ of what perseverance is and what courage is because it's I didn't realize how much I was affected by it until I saw these people living their truth in AEW and you know and I have other friends and stuff but I'm in this every week and I'm just like this is so unfair because you know people hated me when I started dating after Eddie died and I'm like you don't even know me but that's like a different hate you know, there's different hates that you experience. And I was, I'm just like fucking tired of it. I'm like, who the hell are these people to judge me when I pay my bills? I don't bother anyone else. I'm living in my own house that I fucking paid for and support my girls <laughs> through school and, and raise my girls as a single parent. And y'all are going to judge me. And then to get over that and then see another type of hate in the AEW. And then with your community, 
I'm like, man, this is exhausting. And then there's the political hate and there's the government hate and there's all this hate. And I'm just, I just commend all of you because I'm learning from you. I learned from Nyla. I learned from Sunny. All, all this great community that's just full of love. I mean, it's incredible the love they have. And I, I think we could all use that example to, to just get out of our own tunnel vision and to just chill the fuck out, you know, and let people just live their truth and let's just all get along. I always say daily, if they don't know you personally, don't take it personal. And hurt That's people, hurt people, hurt people. People that are like, I have never sat at the computer and said, I'm going to type. I've never, it's like, it, it's a disease. And like, I've never sat at the computer and actually like typed, typed hate out, you know? I've, I've never, I've, I've just never done that. I never even thought about that. So hurt people hurt people. And if they don't know you personally, don't take it personal. I would feel more hurt if like Heath Slater looked down upon the gay community. I would be devastated because like Heath's like my brother, you know? I would be devastated. That's something that I would throw up over because I would be sick. But if it's someone that doesn't have a picture, like, come on. Like- Or 10 followers. (laughs) 10 followers come on don't <laughs> don't give them don't give them the time of day and like for me I'm not trying to uh, age myself but I'm 36 I'm going to be 36 November 2nd I'm starting to not give a hell I mean I'm not I, I'm I don't care I'm I say what I want I'm starting to not give a fuck you know right I don't care you know uh they're almost 37 so like it's like I don't care and I always say you can't kick my ass I say, you can sit behind that computer, but say it to my face, please kick my ass. So I don't, I don't even worry about it. And at the end of the day, block the hate, block the hate. Yeah. I have to, I have to practice what I preach. When someone, when someone spits out hate, hashtag block the hate to them, you know, make them famous for two seconds, you know, Yeah. hashtag block the hate. Very good advice. So let's let's move on to something I'm really excited. You are endorsing a lot of products and um, great stuff that you're doing. First, it, let's let's talk about your podcast, uh, which is so incredible. I love the episodes. It's a pro and bro wrestling podcast. How long you've been doing that for about a year? Or uh, how long over, you've been? over a year, and I actually do it with my real life neighbor. Uh, Arnold Telegarta. When I moved out before my release, I moved out here August 2017. Um, my release happened with WWE August 2017. And one morning here in LA at my house, I was uh, walking outside and I had ran into this Asian guy. Uh, and this Asian guy was walking his dog. And at first I was like, hmm, because, you know, I have a thing for Asians. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like looking, I'm like, I'm like looking at him and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, no way, Darren Young, Darren Young. I'm like, oh my God, this damn fan knows where I live. I'm a private person. I'm like, oh God, this fan knows where I live. He's like freaking out. Oh my God, I can't believe this, you know? I never walk my dog junior and I just run into a WWE superstar. My wife lives next door. And once he said wife, I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Cut that 
that joy right now. <laughs> exactly. So him and I, he was cool. Him and I hit it off. Turned out like we stayed in contact on social media and also we were neighbors. He's a huge wrestling fan, a respectful wrestling fan at that. Um, and um, he, he, um, he said, uh, he said, about a year ago, uh, hey man, would you be down to do a podcast? And he was like the second close friend of mine that actually suggested that I do a podcast. So we're on episode 62 of Pro and Bro Wrestling. And again, I'm not about the numbers. It's like therapy for me, Vicky. I do yeah. it every week. I'm able to just share stories, talk about stories. And after we're done with a podcast, I, I know I feel like accomplished. Like if I didn't do anything today, at least I got an episode out the way this week. It's an accomplishment for me. I'm not all about the numbers. He's literally like my, he's like my therapist because if I'm down and out about something, uh, since day one on the podcast, I would always talk about New Japan, New Japan, New Japan. And now, now it's happening. I can have my cake and eat it too. I can do my weekly podcast and then have a guest on and talk about my experiences That's with, awesome. uh, you know, New Japan. So he's like, he's one of my best friends. He's like my brother. I don't look at him like that ever again. He's like my brother, you know? So <laughs> uh, being able to do the podcast, we talked about the endorsements that I've been doing. Knock on wood, you know, 2020 has been really good to me. And one of my ways of giving back is I've been offering a lot of my fans and family and friends, uh, advice on how to train outside indoors uh, to try to give back because I haven't worked out since March 15th in a gym. I've been doing all backyard workouts, jump roping, resistance bands. So that's been my way of giving back. But during the pandemic, I've teamed up with Celsius Official, which uh, is uh, one of my biggest sponsors. So I love these guys. I don't get jittery off Celsius official. Um, you know, they sell vitamin shop GNC. So I was happy to partner with them. Uh, I'm very big into the keto snacks. I'm a snacker. I, I can snack away uh, keto snacks. If they taste good, uh, we can build a relationship and, you know, at the end of the day, we're business, Vicky. So, yeah. you know, we have to get compensated for our work. It, for, for me, uh, it takes time to uh, do the pictures, to do the video. Um, it's time consuming. So I've been quite lucky with a lot of the keto snack companies and CBD and THC too, even THC. And I've been uh, marketing it in a way that benefits me. It helps with injury uh, recovery. It helps with concussion, uh, repairing damaged cells to the brain. So I always say, I'm not going to be like Snoop Dogg and like, you know, doing my thing, <laughs> but I'm going to do it in a uh, Mr. No Days Off Fred Rosser way. So uh, thank goodness a lot of these brands have been great to me. And um, closed mouths don't get fed. I have to reach out to these companies personally and tell yeah. them my seriousness level and what I can do for them. So I'm like a WWE veteran, New Japan uh, pro wrestling superstar, podcaster, uh, influencer, you know, all yeah, these influencers right. like, and I'm trying to do it all. I'm trying to find a skincare line that I can collaborate with, uh, teeth, uh, a, a toothpaste to collaborate with. So my social media, 
as I said earlier, is an open diary to the world. So anything I ever post always comes from the heart. And I'm not going to post anything I'm not using. If it's good, I'm going to use it. And, you know, it's funny. uh, I'm sorry, I can babble on. No, no, One of my brands that I'm currently working with that I'm trying to set up a deal. uh, And I hate to, like, talk about it. And what if it doesn't happen? But it's funny. Uh, This brand called Hello Tushy. And uh, it's a... (laughs) It's it's a it's a it's a bidet brand, and uh, a oh, couple of weeks shit. ago, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was um, uh, I was staying with some friends at this house and it had a bidet, and like I was using, it, I was like, oh my goodness, I fell in love with it. That's so like I our kinda, UK days when we did the tours in Europe; they had them there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I've ever used one uh or paid attention honestly like honestly i don't know if i i might have just looked at it and i don't know i i don't know um but uh i experienced it and i'm like wow this is incredible so i contacted every bidet company telling them that i i I will sit on the toilet i will have the the box over me and say you have to get one and the reason being is because uh, my way of marketing it is that it's good for the environment so, you less know, paper. Pe- yeah, less paper. Uh, uh, people want to take it from the supermarket stock up. You don't need it. I'm all about the environments. You see how I pivot that around. So that's what I've been doing with a lot of my uh, brand deals, making moves. That's, that's amazing. So you also endorse Punch Edibles and Hollis yes. CBD. Is there any other products that you can, you want to talk about that um, are, are just announced to my followers so they can start following you and, and, and ordering those products? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like I said, it's an open diary, my social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Fred Rosser, my government name, R-E-A-L-F-R-E-D-R-O-S-S-E-R. And whether it's CBD, THC, skincare products, um, hair care products, uh, hello Tushy Bidet that I'm currently working on. Definitely check out the social media. If you're big into snacks, if you're big into the ketogenic lifestyle, which I am, I haven't even ate yet, uh, Vicky. After we're done, that's going to be my first meal of the day, you know? So I oh fast. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it just works well for me. I fast 15, sometimes 20 hours. I have a huge meal. It just works well for me. So uh, I'm a big snacker. So if I find a ketogenic snack that's tasty and I like it, we'll work out an agreement and we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm quite blessed. Thank God. That's why I said earlier, my way of giving back, I've been trying to help out as many people as I can when it comes to workouts, because uh, I don't have all the answers. And I always say, or that saying goes, what works for me might not work for you. I can always promise what works for me uh, will work for you. Uh, jump roping, the agility ladder drills, resistance bands, the ab wheel, very basic stuff that will definitely uh, work for the masses and sustain. And you want to, uh, again, you don't want to just diet. You, you, you want to have some fun, you know? you want to raise your heart rate up too. Like if I'm going to have a whole pizza, I'm going to make sure that that afternoon uh, I'm going to, uh, or that morning I'm going to hit a good workout so I can enjoy some pizza. And then the next day I'll do like legs or something, you know, so I can burn it off. I don't feel as guilty. So uh, I try to provide stuff that's sustainable for people. 
Um, like I said, um, not all superheroes wear capes. I got to do what I got to <laughs> do to help the community and help my social media family. That's amazing, Fred. And, you know, I, I encourage my followers to go to your, your Instagram because it's so full of joy and happiness. And I, I love looking through your pictures because it's just um, a breath of fresh air. And I, I commend you on that. Uh, you know, but, Vicky, uh, uh, you know, not not everything is great all the time. You know, right. not what you sometimes what you see on social media is all great. Uh, but we all we all go through it. You know what I mean? But I always say none of us are strong as all of us. And whether someone's watching this podcast that feels left out, be a part of my family on social media. Follow me again at Real Fred Rosser. And if you don't have anyone during the holidays that supports you, I'll support you uh, during the holidays. And that's what it's all about. You know, I, I use my social media. You'll hear people say, oh, God. I need a break from social media. I need a break. I need a break. Well, yeah, take your break. I'm missing no days off. And I'm going to use my social media to inspire people, motivate people, and, uh, you know, help them out. That's what it's all about, you know, be that support system. I can't do it alone. I look to people uh, for uh, support. Um, Some of my favorite Will Smith, uh, uh, Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks, those are my favorite guys to uh, listen to on social media, yeah. Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you know, there's, you know, there's, uh, there's a reason why everything he touches, uh, you know, he has that Midas touch in everything he does. He, he has that energy. And that's what I want to bring off on my social media, that positive energy. Uh, again, not everything's, uh, great, but like I said, um, I just want to always be that support system for anyone that's down and out. That's amazing. It's what whatever you put into something is what you're going to get out of it. I truly believe that, you know, if you put in good positive vibes, something good will come out of that. So I, I truly believe in that. I'm going to do a speed round with you before I I, I cut you off because um, I can't believe that we've been an hour. I miss you so much. <laughs> and I, I'm just truly blessed that, that you said yes to be on my show because um, I just I, I think the world of you. Oh, anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. So let's do some fun questions for you. All right. Ready? Yes. What is your favorite carb? Favorite carb sushi. What, how many hours of sleep do you need? Six. Would you rather climb a mountain or sky jump? Well, uh, I, I do like hiking, and if it's a safe hike, I'll do it. So I, I would say a mountain if it's safe. Okay. <laughs> what does a person need to be happy? Um, look in the mirror and be happy with themselves. Look in the mirror. That's, that's amazing. And name me two pet peeves of yours. Uh. People who drive fast. Uh, and people that have an odor because I love scents. Like if you have a nice scent, like I got 
as a kid, I got sent home twice because I put on my dad's Old Spice. So it was too strong for the kids. My mom whooped my ass twice. You're lucky that she's not here with me because she would be laughing about uh, laughing about that story. She whooped my ass twice. And like everyone's like, why did she do that? Because I sprayed on Old Spice a lot, not a little bit, a lot. And I was seven going to school. I'm like, why am I smelling like that? You know, and she had to pick me up twice. So oh you gotta, gosh. you gotta smell good. That's amazing. Okay, last one. If you had to pick a superpower, would you be invisible or fly? Um. Well, I don't fly in the ring, so I'm gonna choose fly here. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Fred, I wish you so much love and success. And I'm just so blessed that you got to be on my show. And I love seeing your sweet face. And I just, I wish you so much success and love. No, thank you, Vicki. And before we go, um, my first, I never talked about it, but my first ever uh, time being backstage with WWE in 2005 uh, because in 2003, I remember doing like a Survivor Series commercial. I think it was 2005, my first time ever being backstage. And Chavo remembers because I was on his podcast. Uh, I was uh, involved in my first ever skit. I was a detective uh, when when uh, Eddie when when Eddie and Chavo were fighting the Bastions. I was a detective, and I had to swerve the Guerreros to leave the building. Uh, this oh is in the Northeast, I think Long Island. So Ed, Eddie was the first guy that I did my, 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 my first ever detective skit. And I was a nervous wreck. And I kept stumbling over my line, stomach, because Vince <laughs> man was hands-on during this uh, segment. This is when he was hands-on. And uh, I just kept stumbling. And Eddie was like, calm down. Don't worry. You got this. You know, like he was encouraging me. He was rooting me on. Oh. And, um, I, and finally the last, uh, the 11th take, Vincent man was like, I'm buying the bastards. I'm buying the Guerreros. I'm not buying this detective. What are we going to do about it? And he said it to Ed Kosky. Uh, <laughs> and then we did, and then we did it a 12th time and I finally got it. And we kept that uh, take and at that time 2005 I'm I, I was like I'll never get a job with WWE but before we go I just want to say it was Eddie that really calmed me down and a big inspiration to so many to so many including me and he was you a have yes and you having my support and my back uh when I came out and even before I came out really means the world to me so thanks for having me on Absolutely. And um, I thank you for sharing your story and your truth. Yeah. And uh, we will see each other down the line. And I can't yeah. wait to see you wrestle in Japan. I'm rooting for you when that happens. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you. Thank right. you. God bless you. Bye. God bless you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me, Vicky, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excuse me, Vicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me!